Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled, Should Christians Trust the Holy Spirit? On the surface, the obvious answer to this question should be yes. The Holy Spirit is just as much a part of the Trinity as the Father and the Son. Together they make up the Godhead of our worldview. Further, Jesus, as he was completing his earthly ministry, told his disciples to expect the Holy Spirit to come and advise them. The Bible, and particularly the New Testament, is full of verses that define the role and importance of the Holy Spirit in the daily life of Christians. A small sample of those verses follows. Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. John 14.26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to you your remembrance all that I have said to you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple to the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Isaiah 11.2 And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And finally, Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So what's the problem? The problem is, in a sin-cursed world with a human sin nature, how does the Christian discern when the Holy Spirit is speaking to them? The Sunday school answer goes something like, as we draw closer and closer to God, as we study his word and fellowship with other believers, we will know in our hearts when we hear that still small voice of God. Well, perhaps God spoke to Elijah in 1 Kings 18 and 19 in a whisper, which is a reference to that verse. But most of us, in a world full of shades of gray, things are often not so clear. In my view, there are three broad groups of Christians who are susceptible to an out-of-balance reliance on the Holy Spirit. First group, carnal Christians, are best defined by Scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. As infants in Christ, I fed you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you're still of the flesh." For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? There are much deeper issues associated with Christians who remain, quote-unquote, infants in Christ. But that's beyond the bounds of this article. The point here is that when one is not well-versed in their Christian theology, they can easily rely on their personal feelings, often heavily influenced by the surrounding culture rather than on the more controversial teachings of God. When there seems to be a conflict between the Bible and the individual, there can be a sense that my closeness with God through the Holy Spirit is what's important, allowing for a rejection of biblical truth and an affirming of what they perceive to be the Holy Spirit's direction in their life. The second group 
is deconstructionists. Similar to carnal Christians, but having a grounding in traditional Christian theology, the fundamental premise of deconstruction is an increasing reliance on feelings rather than spiritual facts. Again, when the Bible begins to run counter to what is now believed to be true, many either reject or reinterpret Scripture to fit their evolving morality. Though typically not articulated, if pressed, many who are walking away from their traditional biblical Christian faith do so by reliance on what they consider the, quote, Holy Spirit and what he is telling them concerning ultimate truth, unquote. Their revisionist, revisionist theology settles comfortably on the love of Jesus for all people, ignoring the rest of God's scriptural mandates. And the third group, charismatics. As a cursory overview of the theology put forth by many of my charismatic brothers and sisters, there's a belief in post-salvation anointing by the Holy Spirit. This article is not intended to adequately define, defend, or challenge these views. It's one of the many points of my personal theology that I look forward to better understanding on the other side of the grave. This view involves terms such as, quote, slain in the spirit, unquote, the second blessing, and, quote, back, baptism of the Holy Spirit, unquote. These, each of these phrases carries its own nuance of theology, but for the purposes of this post, the underlying view is that the Holy Spirit takes on an increased role in the life of the believer as the process of drawing closer to God, which is sanctification, continues. Clearly on the surface, this would seem a wonderful blessing, and drawing closer to God is what every believer should do as a sign of our love and direction and devotion to the Lord. However, I believe there can be a tipping point where this Holy Spirit anointing can become detrimental. And I'll give you two uh, examples. First, there are some in the Pentecostal faith tradition who believe that the signs or gifts which flow from this secondary blessing must be demonstrated in order to be saved. I would respectfully disagree strongly with this view as part of my personal statement of faith hinges on God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone as the basis for salvation. Practices or demonstrations of specific gifting such as speaking in tongues or ordinances such as baptisms are really works-based in my view and not to be taken as an exclusionary requirement for the believer's salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And second, an undue focus on the Holy Spirit as quote-unquote helper in our lives in the midst of our own sin nature and Satan's influence opens the door to justifying behaviors and beliefs that are contrary to the Bible and consequently contrary to God's will. Of course, those who strongly hold to a quote second blessing unquote will reject this notion as totally contrary to their perfect unity with the Lord. However, the fact remains that we are all sinners and the inerrant Bible is the rock we all ultimately stand on rather than impressions of God speaking through the Holy Spirit in situations where viewpoints seem to run contrary. So a summary example. Um, I'll mention a quote from one who commented on a past article that, I, um, that speaks to what I would respectfully say is an imbalance between the written word, the Bible, and the impressions which may be coming from the Holy Spirit. Quote, 
Finally, it is both the study of the Bible and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that I employ to properly understand what my faith is grounded in. And together, they inform me as to what the will of my adorable Trinity is today. On the surface, this is biblically sound. However, it is when there is a subtle or increasingly significant difference between Scripture and the Christian sense of the Holy Spirit's influence, where rationalizations enter into the gray areas of our daily decisions and beliefs, causing us to stray from our foundational biblical Christian worldview. God bless you as you serve Him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.